Welcome to The Light Within, a podcast for anyone seeking to rewrite their life, live in their light, and align with their soul's highest purpose. I'm Leslie Draffin. Join me as we explore spirituality, sexuality, wellness, and the magical world around us. Hello, beautiful beings, and thank you so much for joining me for this episode of The Light Within. Today, we are talking with self-love empowerment coach, Liz Mars. This is such a bright, beautiful conversation, and I am so excited for you to hear about it. Now, Liz was actually introduced to me through Johan Erb, who I interviewed, wow, many moons ago, it feels like. We spoke on the power of breath work, and he introduced me to Liz, and I started following her, and I just love her message. She truly is someone you're going to want to follow. If you need a little hit of confidence every now and then, she talks a lot about magnetizing love and how she magnetized love to herself. Now she is with her partner. They have a baby on the way and she just moved back to Austin, Texas, about an hour south of me. So we talk about that very briefly at the beginning of this conversation. In our chat, we also talk about comparison and societal pressures, especially societal pressure that is put on women. We talk about inner knowing and how to learn to trust yourself, how you can magnetize love and friendships and community and getting rid of all of the shoulds. Liz says her mission is to inspire others to be courageous. And she has this amazing quote on her website, let your soul guide your goal. Liz is a love and empowerment coach who has been transforming lives for the past seven years, working one-on-one with clients and hosting workshops and courses for hundreds of women. Her work helps to identify negative themes and patterns, and she offers simple tools and everyday practices to break those patterns and unlock profound personal growth. Liz believes the answers to your biggest questions can be found within, and that from an inner grounding, you can take inspired action to become the conscious architect and creator of your life. Liz is a guide who creates a safe container of commitment for inner work that shifts women into into a new way of being to ultimately magnetize the love and life of your dreams. So please join me in welcoming Liz Mars to the Light Within podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for for taking the time to talk with me and welcome back to Texas. I know you just moved back to Austin. I did. I did. My hometown. It feels good. That's exciting. So first things first, what ignites your light within? Mm. Right now, it feels like what I want to say is community, friendships, and the relationships that I have that just build me up and lift me up. That's perfect. And so for those people who aren't familiar with your work, introduce yourself and share with us, you know, what you're bringing into the world. Great. Um, So my name is Liz Mars. And um, I work with women predominantly, 99.9% of the people I work with are women, and um, I support them in attracting the love and the life that they desire, and the path that I take them through to get there is through appreciating and loving themselves and finding ways to do that. You know, I think we're not really taught how to do that when we're young, at least most of us aren't, by by our teachers and our parents, and so 
sometimes we find ourselves in these perpetual habits and patterns of kind of looking outside of ourselves to get what we need or get what we want or get the love that we desire. And so I really teach people to learn to cultivate that from within. Um, and it's a, it's a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong process, but it's an empowering process once people start on the path. Mm-hmm. And how did you start on the path? I started on the path, um, well, I've, from a young age, I've always been super, I guess, spiritual. I mean, I was reading lots of books about relationships and love and listening to music, and I always connected to these really deep emotions and, and feelings. But even though, even though I hadn't fully experienced them yet on my own, I felt them. Um, and so from a young age, I was reading all types of books. And then when I was 29 years old was when I really like got on the path. It was when um, I was living in New York. I was in an amazing career in sales in the beauty business. Um, I was in a six-year-long relationship with someone I really loved. I had this idea that we were going to get married and have kids, but I was kind of in this avoidant space of like, we weren't actually aligned, but I kept thinking like, oh, he's going to change type of thing. Um, And I was in a career that was bringing in the money, but it wasn't fulfilling. And I was drained and depleted and I was working on weekends all the time. Um, And I had great friends, you know, they had friends from college and friends who I loved dearly, but I always felt like there was something missing in my in my friendships like I felt like I couldn't really go deep I was always like the weird one being like let's just talk about horoscopes and you know read our charts and you know talk about why we're here and people are like let's just not do that you know or whatever like oh that's Liz doing her thing so when I was 29 my dad uh in yeah it was in May of my 29th year my dad was diagnosed with cancer and it happened very suddenly. He was a healthy guy. It was just like out of the blue. Um, and by the time we found out he was stage four and it was mm. pretty serious. And so that experience really woke me up. He, it was eight months of like diagnosis until he passed. And um, during that time, it's like what really mattered became very clear to me and what didn't matter became very clear to me. And after he passed, it was like I could no longer do anything that didn't feel like a fuck yes to me. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that word on this, but it was just like anything that was was superficial in my life had to fall away. Mm-hmm. And it was really scary because not that it wasn't like everything around me was superficial. It was just like it wasn't like I was lit up. And there was just a part of me that was like life is short. Like this is a very temporary experience. And so I really want to take advantage of my time here. And so why am I waiting to do some of the things that I want to do? And so um, being that close with death really was a thing, I think, that um, ignited me and losing my safety, my, my safety and my protector. So my dad was really someone who I could depend on, who I could count on. He was like, at the drop of the hat there to answer any questions I had to support me, to like dig me out of any holes I was in. He was my cheerleader. And when I didn't have that anymore, I was like, what am I going to do? And it was like the only thing that I started to realize was like, I have to learn how to give this to myself. Mm -hmm. And I really have to learn how to be the thing that I can depend on because everything around me is temporary. Like it's all going to go in some way, shape or form. And so it was a it was a it was a process, but I um ultimately I moved myself 
to LA. I decided I wanted to do a yoga teacher training. I'd been into yoga. I, I, I didn't know if I wanted to be a yoga teacher. I just wanted to deepen in my practice. So I came to LA and when I got here or when I got there, I felt this energy of just like fire and inspiration, just driving out around, you know, I didn't really have that many friends there. And I was like, there is something here. And when I was in New York, it was starting to feel heavy. I was getting irritated. It was like, I couldn't hang the way I used to hang in New York before, like on the subway and walking down the street. It was just like, oh my God, too many people. I had become sensitive and I needed space. And so I, yeah, I, I ended up ending things with my then boyfriend and he was very supportive and, and loving and, and that was really hard and yeah, moved myself to New York. And then from there, like everything unfolded mm -hmm. for me. Well, thank you for sharing that about your dad. I think um, it's interesting because over the last pan the 18 months we've been in this pandemic, I wonder if a lot of people have also felt some of those same feelings, maybe not so personally as you, right, where they've lost a parent, but just this overwhelming sense of like the rug being pulled out from all of us, I think is really causing a lot of people to shift. It's causing me to shift and to, to think some of what you were saying, like life is too fucking short to not be living the fullest life you possibly can. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I think the pandemic definitely <clears throat> gave people an opportunity to like, well, force people into the slowing down into the, you know, non the place of, it's not as easy to distract yourself, you know, when, when this was happening. So everything kind of became a little bit more clear mm -hmm. for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so you speak a lot about the fact that you started having to like get all of these, you know, things from within yourself, relying on yourself. And you also speak a lot in your work about building confidence. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about, you know, how we can start to believe in ourselves and trust ourselves and have confidence in ourselves. What kind of work um, do you have people do to start building those relationships? Yeah. So <clears throat> a big thing that people talk about a lot, I think, is how do I, you know, how do I connect with my intuition or like my inner knowing? And um, it can feel so out there, but it actually, I try to break it down in ways that are really um, easy for people to understand and, and for people to follow so that they can do this work and it's not so abstract. And so, you know, I always start off with, you know, you have these little feeling you have you you have feelings right and you feel either ignited or you feel depleted you feel expansive or you feel um exhausted right and so i i first off start off people by just like recognizing slowly and starting to listen to how they feel after they do something or after they go somewhere or after they're interacting with somebody and do they leave the interaction do they leave the experience feeling ignited and inspired or do they leave feeling depleted and exhausted and then a lot of times you can track that back to how it was that you went into the situation and why you went into the situation and a lot of times people will be like oh yeah i had this like feeling like i shouldn't go but i went anyway because um if i didn't go then my friend was going to be mad at me or because you know somebody was gonna um i wouldn't be I wouldn't be asked to go the next time or for these reasons that are a little bit more like fear-based as opposed to like empowered and, you know, confident and in going into a decision. And so 
that's how I kind of start people off by being like, see, like, see that, that part of you that was saying that thing before you did the thing, right? It's, it's up to you to start to listen to that. And it's okay that we'll make mistakes and we might make them again and again and again. But then the more we go kind of against ourselves, the more we go against that voice that's telling us to either stay put or to go, right? The, the more we abandon ourselves and the more um, kind of out of alignment we become in our lives. And so it's just a, it's a very slow process. Literally, it's just, you know, it can start with uh, going to a workout class, you know, and you can see how there's a big part of you that might say, you're exhausted, you're tired, you don't have the energy, right? But then there's this other part of you that's like, but I know I should go because if I go, I usually feel good when I'm, when I'm done, you know? And then you go and you feel good and you're like, yeah, see, I, I listened to that voice that was, you know, more true, more real, right? As opposed to the one that was kind of trying to keep me in this like old way of being or this old pattern that kind of leads to a downward spiral, right? So it's really like, it's really just small moment to moment decisions that you make every single day that either set you up for success or kind of deplete you and, and leave you feeling drained. Um, and that's like just the beginning, right? So <clears throat> I always, it's like, we have to learn to trust ourselves. You know, like when I, when I came to LA, I didn't know anyone. I was 31 years old. I mean, I knew a couple of people. I had like two friends. I was 31 years old and everything in me was like, I'm 31 years old. All my friends are in New York. Like I have a life there. I have a job there. Like the practical side of me was just like, stay in this safety, stay in this zone where you know what the outcome is going to be. But then when I thought about the outcome, I was like, oh, that feels like I can't even see myself living here. I, I, I don't. I don't even necessarily want what the other people want that are that are surrounding me here. Like it just doesn't feel right. And so there's that that piece, which is a big part of it, is being willing to kind of go into the the unknown and to allow yourself to kind of have experiences outside of your comfort zone, so that you can start to feel inspiration in places that you know you hadn't maybe felt them before and then be willing to let go of that safe safe zone um, that doesn't feel right doesn't make you feel good and go into something completely different and the only way to do that is by giving yourself new experiences so it's a mixture of listening to yourself listening to how you feel you know, learning to, to, to recognize that voice and how it shows up for you mixed with putting yourself in new situations with new people, which gives you kind of the ability to say, oh, wow, this really feels good. And then it kind of expands you into something new. Mm -hmm. And I love that you said that it's a process because I think some people even when looking at your story, because you, you know, you did up and move, which is, I'm sure a longer process than just like dropping the hat and being like, I'm out of here. Um, it can feel really scary and it can feel really daunting. And I guess if you think about it as a process, maybe it doesn't have to look as drastic. If you do like really feel like you need to take one step today, take another step next week, and then kind of so on and so forth, as long as you're moving toward the goal, there's really no like timeline, right? Yeah, there's really no timeline. And I think that's an important, important point is like, 
just really the only thing, I think one big important thing that I'll mention is like the intentionality behind it. So it's like, a lot of people are like, well, I don't even know what I want or what it looks like. And I'm like, well, okay, what you can identify is how you want to feel, right? Like you probably want to feel connected. You probably want to feel inspired. You probably want to feel um, excited, whatever it is, peaceful, whatever it is, like, even if you know that that's how you want to feel, then it's like just being able to write down and be like, I'm calling in a partner who I can feel this way with, or I'm calling in community who I feel this way with, or I'm calling in a home that makes me feel this way. You have a reference point for like when you meet someone, when you go somewhere to be like, does this person, place, or thing make me feel the way I've identified I want to feel? Mm-hmm. And if it does, then you know you're going in the right direction. And if it doesn't, then you know, to kind of redirect yourself, if that makes sense. So it is a process because it doesn't all happen at once. And if it did, it would be probably too overwhelming. You have to almost like prepare yourself for it. So it was like, you know, I moved to LA and there was like a a, a period of time where it was a lot of alone time and I felt lonely, you know, in moments. And, but I got really intentional with that time and I, and I would journal and I would, you know, I I made some commitments to myself during that time that like kept me there, right? Because so easily when we go into something new, it's like we just maybe want to escape or try to find ways to get out of the experience because there's spaciousness. So it's like in order to attract new things, you have to create spaciousness, right, in your life. And in order to create spaciousness, you have to be willing to let go of the familiar thing that's not working, which means there's space, right? So a lot of times people like that's the ma- that's the sweet spot and a lot of times people will just run away from that space. So it's like okay, say you're moving to a new city and you want to make new friends but then every weekend you're going back to New York or back to visit your parents or you're going on trips like you're not actually like saying to the universe I live here now, I'm building a life here now and I'm calling in community and and a partner or whatever now. So I made a commitment when I moved to LA that I was like, I'm not leaving. I'm not going on a weekend adventure or trip for at least six months. Mm-hmm. And so on the weekends, I'm, I knew at that point what I liked. Like I knew I liked yoga. I knew I liked meditation. So I just filled my, my weekend days when I wasn't working with yoga and meditation classes. And um, I met people through that outlet. And that's what led me to my community and people that were aligned with my um, where I was, where I was and where I was wanting to go. And that expanded me into, you know, now my career and meeting my partner and all the things. I love that. I love that whole idea of the fact that like, you can't have space for new things when the space is taken up by all the old things. Totally. Yeah. And we're human and we do that because it's like, that's the safe thing. But then we're like, it's like we, it's like that just elongates the process. And so are, can we be willing to feel the discomfort of spaciousness or of aloneness. And when I say aloneness, I don't mean loneliness. I just mean aloneness and it's very different and, and learn to enjoy that time and use it as a time of deep creation and getting to know ourselves so that we can, you know, then welcome in what, you know, we desire. Mm -hmm. In my own life. 
It's interesting mm-hmm. because looking back now at when I was 28, 29, I went through this big divorce. And instead of sitting with the spaciousness or sitting with the loneliness, I filled it in with dating a bunch of guys, drinking all the time. And now five plus years later, when I'm in the space I'm in now, I think back to that time and I'm like, wow, like you really could have um, leapt into your next situation of life if maybe you hadn't done all the things that you kind of knew, like I didn't go with the safe route. So it's interesting kind of looking back at other areas in my life and people maybe have the same ideas where it's like looking back to see ways you could have done this and now having the uh, knowledge to think going forward, okay, I'll know now to go this way versus like the safe route like I did in the past. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's beautiful. It's like, those things happen so you can learn from them. And it's it's important, actually, I think. Like, we're human beings. And so we're here to be, like, in relationship and in connection. So it's, like, it can be scary to have that spaciousness. And so mm-hmm. being kind to ourselves, I think, is important. That's the other piece is just being kind to ourselves in those moments where we notice that we're doing that, right? Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, and I just can't quite stop. It's like, okay, like, that's okay, you know, just – trust that it's what is necessary in that moment and that there will be something on the other side of it or there will be a burnout, you know, and you don't, I don't think you need to wait till you get burnt out. But I do think, you know, maybe there was a part of you that needed to experience like dating a bunch of people. You were so young. It sounds like too, when you got married and Mm -hmm. had the divorce. So it was like, that was probably necessary for your, for your path in Mm -hmm. that moment. Oh, I definitely think so. I think definitely it was necessary, at least for like my, uh, just the experiences of being with, you know, a bunch of different people after having yeah, gotten married really young. And I love the fact that in a lot of your teachings and kind of what you've already mentioned is, you know, you were 31 when you kind of uprooted your life. And I think as women, we face all of these shoulds from society. Like I should be um, owning my own house, having had two kids and my life being perfect by 30. Like that was something that was so, you know, ingrained from where I grew up when I was, you know, I'm from the South where like, that's kind of everybody's like, they go to college to meet their husbands. They're married immediately after college, like June of like their, after their senior year. And then they have babies and, and all those things. And it's interesting because a lot of what I've seen on your social media and, and what I know about your teachings is like, you have to kind of, um, find a way to follow your own inner guidance versus like all the societal things. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit on that and so, and sort of just how that's played out in your life. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so true for a lot of people. Like, I mean, there's so much pressure from family, from society to, you know, get married, have kids and settle down. And that um, I know from my family, at least it was like when it was always like, well, when are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? And I've always felt like, okay, was I not okay? Was I not enough until, until I had that ring on my finger, until I was had that child, until I had that home? And so it always made me feel less than and not enough. And it sucked because it was like I was, I wanted it, like I really wanted it, and I was, I was, I was definitely like seeking partnership and seeking all of that, but it just wasn't happening for me. And even though I wasn't aware of it at the time when I was younger, I, I'm so grateful. It was like the universe was was had bigger plans for me, had something else, had more of a path for me that I was needing to to sort of go down that looked different than some of my friends who got married at 27, 28, 29, 30 even. 
31. I mean, I'm 36 and I'm not married. I mean, I'm with my partner and we are having a baby and we bought a house and we're doing it in our way. And, and, and it's so funny when I was able to really um, surrender to how I wanted to feel, which was really hard. And it was a struggle. And sometimes it still is a moment. It's like, I was able to be, I was aligned with the thing that was my path, right? And so I really had to let go with the the sort of structures and the and the, and that whole system that was kind of um, that is put in place, I think, for a lot of reasons, and there's a lot of beauty in it, but it, it's put in place mostly to make people feel safe. Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't living that kind of life. I was, I, I, I'm definitely here to like choose my path based off of what excites me, which means that like, if I choose into something, it's because it's, it's, it's expanding me. Um, and that's not to say that people don't choose into marriage because it's expanding them. But I think a lot of people go into it because it, it's, it's a safety thing, right? Because it makes them feel safe. So so yeah, I just think it's it's dangerous for a lot of people to, you know, to to I think it's a beautiful system, but I think it's dangerous for those who don't necessarily isn't that's not their path. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's kind of like the way I view the medical in, industry a little bit where it's like they don't show you that there's other ways of doing things. Sometimes they're like this is just the way and I've experienced a lot of that in my pregnancy when 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 I've stepped back and been like, "Oh no, I can actually go this route, but no one ever told me. It's kind of like that when I think about like the route of marriage and kids and settling down and that whole thing. It's like, we just need more examples of women who are doing it differently so that young women know that like, choose into the path that feels true for you. And if something isn't unfolding for you in a certain way, it's like, it's because there's some, there's a reason for that. It's because that, because you're meant to to do it differently. Um, and that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It just means that there's other steps to take, mm-hmm. right? That, that are, that are just as beautiful and just as um, expansive for you. Um, and I think as women, we're really not taught to, we're taught to like outsource our power, right? Like that's one way of really being taught, like this is what you need to have in order to be powerful. But it's like, my process, my experience has been that I've had to um, access my power from inside. I've had to learn how to um, really, truly appreciate and love myself um, in order to be a match to the kind of love that I was, that I always dreamed of, mm-hmm. ultimately. So it doesn't really, we're not taught this, but a lot of people think it, it's kind of the opposite, right? Where it's like, someone loves me into my worthiness as opposed to I love myself into my worthiness. And then I, I, I align with that energy and somebody else, right? Someone else who loves themselves. And then we can be in this thing together because we are committed to our own inner happiness. We're not dependent on each other for it. Hell yes. I love that. Wow. That was beautifully put. And yeah, I, I would love for you to speak on the whole idea of of magnetizing love into your life. You kind of said earlier when you were talking about needing to build spaciousness into your life to kind of attract the things you want. Mm-hmm. And here you were just talking about the fact that in order to find love, you have to love yourself. Mm-hmm. I'd love for you to speak a little bit more on that. I think that's so profound. 
Yeah. So I just realized that I was so desperate to like find a partner that I was falling into these really unhealthy and, and, and not, not great relationship dynamics. And I was like willing to put up with stuff that no one should put up with. Like, and it wasn't even that bad. It wasn't like, I mean, I was never like physically abused or anything. It was just more like lies and cheating and, um, not being appreciated. And I didn't understand. Cause I was just, I was like, I'm just going to be so good at like being with somebody. Like, why are they not appreciating me? But I realized I was, I was not appreciating myself and I wasn't putting myself first and I wasn't willing to say no, I didn't have any boundaries. Like I was just really so desiring love that I was like willing to put up with a lot of stuff. Um, and it always left me in the same position. So I realized like, oh, okay. Like it's all, they're all ending in the same way. Like what's going on. And so I finally realized like, I think this is a me thing instead of like a them thing. And what I realized was that, um, I needed to, I needed to give myself the love that I was looking for so that I could kind of like see it in someone else, but I, but I could also have like a reference point for how I wanted to be treated by somebody else. But a big part of like, I didn't really know it going into it. I mean, so what I did was after I realized this, um, I kind of took myself on a journey for three months and I just decided like I was going to take dating off the table completely. And I was going to romance myself and I was going to give myself all the things that I wanted someone to give me. So I like wrote it down. I was like, okay, I want someone to like wine and dine me. I want someone to appreciate me. I want someone to like, just like call me, a, like think of me as a queen and like just be in reverence and devotion to me. And so I was like, great. I, I have to change my relationship to men because every time I would look at a man, I would think that like I needed something from them instead of just actually getting to know them as a person. So that was one part of it. And then the other part of it was like, I needed to um, be a woman. I needed to learn how to be a woman who was already in love. And so during those three months, I just, I just took those, that time to give myself like all of that love. Like, I mean, everything from taking baths with crystals in it to, you know, taking an hour and a half, two hours to get ready to lotioning my body, to cooking myself meals and like sitting down and eating them and like lighting candles and incense in my home and really making my home like a place that I just like loved and enjoyed. Um, I had, you know, just fun with friends. I was like, really just like, I'm not even like, it had always been something that I needed and I just took it off the table. So it was like, oh my God, I'm just loving my life as is. And, you know, this person that's going to come in is going to have to be able to, you know, fit into my life because my life is so amazing. So I focused first on my life and getting it really, really feeling really good. Um, and, and then by the time I met my partner, it was kind of like, I had a reference point. Like I talk about this reference point, but I had a reference point for how, what true, what truly like how to, how to feel like how truly what felt like appreciation and love. And and then when we met, it was like he just walked right up to me and he made me feel the way I'd already cultivated inside of me. And I was like, oh, this feels really good. This feels really familiar. And it was different than anything I'd ever been used to because I was used to different kinds of attention. And this was a much more grounded, 
present, like real kind of attention. And, um, and I recognized it because I had given it to myself. So I was kind of able to recognize it because I had already experienced it through the giving of it to myself, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. That's beautiful. And it makes perfect sense when you think about it, but I think it's also something that not a lot of people do think about like this whole Mm -hmm. idea that, okay, I should date myself. And then by knowing how I want to be treated because I've done that for myself, then I will know what's okay you know, when it comes to relationships. So do you Mm -hmm. suggest people just kind of say, you know, I'm not going to date anyone so I can date myself for a while. I mean, if ever there was a time where that would be totally cool to do, it'd be right the hell now where like no one's really (laughs) able to go out and meet people. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone has their own path. Like I don't prescribe my path to everyone, but I like to share it because I think that it, it helps. Like it definitely works. You know what I mean? Um, and if they're not going to like set like a time of, of like a three month thing, like what I did, then there should be some sort of like practice around honoring and taking care of the self. And, you know, when I work with women, a lot of times it just looks like creating a morning practice and, you know, showing up for yourself first and foremost at the beginning of the day, right? Because, the way we teach others to treat us is the way that we treat ourselves. So a big reason why, you know, why we attract in, you know, sacred partnership is because we treat ourselves as sacred beings. And it's like this vibration of I'm only available for sacred treatment because that's what I'm giving to myself. So why would I let anyone give me anything less than that? Mm -hmm. So someone sort of an energy comes in who's, who feels that, who sees that, who's in, and recognizes that and who's in reverence to that. So if they're not going to date themselves, <laughs> then I recommend um, a practice, like some sort of um, ritual practice where wh- whatever it is, whether it's meditation, journaling, going for walks, um, something that you do every day that is like for you, that is giving back to yourself that is going inward and connecting with yourself and prioritizing that. And so that prioritizing of self is really kind of the the thread, the key sort of foundation of this work, which is it can look so different for everyone, but that's, I think that's a, a key component. Mm-hmm. And I'd love for you to talk now that you are with your partner. I mean, and it's kind Mm -hmm. of different because you set yourself up to call in this person for people Mm -hmm. who maybe are already in partnership, but they are feeling this need to maybe cultivate more inner knowing. I mean, I'm not sitting here saying that they're feeling like they need to leave their partner, but, but do you think that partners can grow together? I mean, you always hear this whole thing where like, you can't change anyone, right? But if you yourself feel like you are changing, how can you do that lovingly within a partnership where maybe you both can grow together? Yeah. I mean, I think that everyone is always changing. I think it's so important to have a safe space within a partnership to grow together. Um, So I think that when you go into it, I think it helps if you already have your own practice when you go into a partnership. And if you don't, then to, you know, make a point to cultivate that and to share that with your partner and to share that it's, um, just a, it's a great way for the relationship to thrive when each person is taking care of themselves. Um, And so I never say tell your partner what to do, but I think 
you have the power to over yourself, right? So a lot of times people are led through example. And if you decide in the partnership that like you're ready to take a stand and, and start taking care of yourself in a, in a better way, then that partner will eventually see the benefits of that and, you know, either meet you in that or not, you know what I mean? And you get to decide as you become the new you or the more expanded you, um, you get to decide again and again, is this person like meeting me? Um, and, and I think that's important. I think it's important to have that, that sort of connection to self. I mean, I think that's, it's one thing that for me that got me into the relationship, but it's the thing that kind of keeps me in the relationship is this sort of non-attachment to um, the relationship being the thing that's going to like bring me ultimate joy. And so I think both people have to kind of find their own thing in the relationship and that connection to self um, in order for the relationship to thrive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I'd love to know what your morning routine is or your morning ritual. Yeah. So my morning ritual is basically the same every day. I wake up, um, I check my aura, <laughs> my aura ring. It's like this oh. new thing. So it tells me like my sleep score and how well I slept. And I just like to know like how much deep sleep I got, how many hours I slept. And it tells me like your readiness score. So I, that's kind of the first thing that I look at. Um, and then I get up and I make a decaf almond milk latte for me and my partner. Um, I usually make it, sometimes he does, but I really like kind of just getting up and making it. And then I bring it into the bed or he brings it into the bed. And we both read together. Like he reads something, I read something. I usually read always something inspiring, like whether it's uh, just whatever it is, whatever I'm reading, I'm reading like five books at a time usually. So I'll just read like a chapter or, or a portion of a book that's inspiring to me. And then I'll write for 10 minutes or so. So just like free writing or whatever, um, whatever's in my space. It's usually like setting intentions for the day, um, getting really clear on how I want to feel, um, how I want to show up that day. And then we'll meditate. So for 20 minutes. So we meditate whether sometimes we meditate in bed, sometimes we come into the meditation room and we meditate there. Um, but we usually meditate together and it's 20 minutes of meditation. Um, and then I get up and I start my day. I wonder how it's going to change when baby comes. It's going to (laughs) change. It's definitely going to change. I don't know what that's going to look like, but yeah, (laughs) I'll keep you posted. (laughs) (laughs) So how can people work with you and connect with you? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the best way is you can find me on Instagram. Um, it's Liz underscore Mars, M-A-R-Z at Liz underscore Mars. Um, you can find me there. You can find, you know, my writing there. You can find, I'll always post about offerings and things that I'm doing, or you can go to my website, LizMars.co, L-I-Z-M-A-R-Z.co. Um, and you can send me an email through that, through that way as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always, I work one-on-one with people. I do one-on-one coaching containers that are three months. And then I do workshops every once in a while. And I do group coaching programs as well. Um, I'm doing a group coaching program coming up called Magnetized Love. I've done it before. 
I did it a year ago. I'm going to do it again with like a small group of women who are ready to call in love. I take them through a six week process of preparing themselves to, and getting really clear about, you know, what it is that they desire and calling in their sacred partnership. Um, and yeah, I mean, the baby is coming in December, so really excited about that. I'm going to, you know, take a little bit of time to just be with her and, and bask in the newness of being a mother, but I'm really excited to see like, you know, what's going to come on the other side of that in terms of just like how my teachings will evolve and like how my, how my programs will evolve, but I'll always be working with, with women. It's just a deep pleasure and joy of mine. So, um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. This has been beautiful. Thank you so much, Leslie. I appreciate it and the work that you're doing. Thank you. Mm, I hope you got so much out of that conversation. I love Liz's message, especially about magnetizing love to yourself and dating yourself. Oh, so juicy. So you can connect with Liz on her website, lizmars.co. She also has an Instagram and I will put links to both of those in the show notes below. She has some course offerings going on. I know she's going to probably take a little bit of time off to have this baby, which is coming very soon. So keep up with her on social media to find out how you can work with her. You can connect with me on social media at Instagram at Leslie Draffin and at the light within podcast. Send me an email at the light within podcast at gmail.com. You can continue to support this podcast by downloading it, sharing it with someone you love, rating it and reviewing it. And remember there's no light without darkness, but there's no darkness without light. I'll see you next time.